All right. Check the sound, check the sound. Look at the wave frequencies. Look at the wave frequencies where you are. Can you see the wave frequencies where you are? Can you hear the wave frequencies where you are? Can you, can you really hear the wave frequencies where you are? Where are you? Who is you? Who art thou which are the you that hears the wave frequencies? Can you hear the wave frequencies where you are? All right, we're here. You're here. The only place you'll ever be. The only place I'll ever be. Here. And here today, I had an, uh, I had an idea. Or I had, a, I had an idea. Yeah, or I was inspired to move. Inspired to take action. To create this, uh, this short mini-sode, short story episode of whatever this wave frequency is that you're hearing. Um, <clears throat> where do I start? Where do we start? So this is going to be a short story. This is going to be a short story I wrote about four years ago now. And uh, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it out loud. It'll be like an audio. I just want, I want to see what happens. I'm going to try to read it like an like a, like a audio book or something. We're going to read it together. I'm going to read it out loud at you. <laughs> and we're going to see how it goes. Uh, but before I do that, I want to give a little context to what we're about to hear. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. So, I guess I should start at the very beginning. I was born October 6, 1987 in Indianapolis, Indianapolis, Indiana. My parents told me that they told me that's when and where I was born. There's no way to be certain. There are, I think there's a birth certificate somewhere that, that, that has writing that says that's where I was. And I guess, you know, quote unquote, doctors approved it, but there's no, there's no way to know, know for sure if, if it's, if it's actually true. <laughs> uh, all my life, I've just kind of just accepted it and, cho- and I've chosen to trust the beings that be my parents and just assume that the story that they've told me of my life is accurate. So anyway, I was born October... I'm just kidding. I digress. I digress. We're not going to start at the very beginning. We're going to start where I was at when the short story got written. So... I was working at a mental health hospital, a psych ward, uh, a place where people go when they're experiencing depression, anxiety, drug addiction, alcoholism, and the topic of this short story, uh, which is suicidality. When people have put themselves in a position where they're a threat to themselves or others, they would end up at our facility. And I would get to, uh, I'd get to interact. I'd get to help them. I'd get to help guide their their check in into the into the the, the different units of the hospital. And a lot of times, while I was working at this facility, I would also be on the different units of the hospital, working with the clients. And um, yeah, so I was. 
I spent some time working with adolescents in the adolescent unit of this hospital. And most of the most of the adolescents that I worked with were in for, for self-harm and suicidal tendencies. And um, so I got, I got a, I was able, I was, I was, I was able to spend a good bit of time with, with, with kids that were struggling with, with wanting to be here or feeling like they, they lacked worth. And, and I don't know, it's the one thing that I, that I, that I, I remember thinking and wishing while I was on that unit was I remember wishing I could have the parents on the unit and the family and and I could go into the environment that they came from and really assess the situation because it never felt like it never I never felt like the kids were I never felt like the kids were 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 off I felt like it was I felt I always felt bad that they would have to go back to wherever they may have came from once they got done being on the unit. I always wished there was something that I could do to help remedy whatever environment they came from. I felt like that was the more prominent factor for their their inability to cope with or or the manifestation of their thoughts and feelings. And um Anyway, so so I was working down there, and we and we always got the we always kept getting the same kids coming back, and um, you know when you're a kid, you just don't know anything. You know, you only know what you know, and everything is so visceral and everything's so real. And I just I I, I couldn't figure out how to help. Um, and I I tried everything like. Everything I could, I, I could know how to do, which is mostly listening and being present and receiving and honoring the emotions and the thoughts that these, that these, uh, these adolescents were experiencing. And then also like try to, try to onboard new perspectives, you know, when, when the window arose, like when there was an opportunity to, to guide their thoughts into a more conducive way of, of perceiving themselves and the world around them and, try to onboard certain perspectives or ways of thinking. I, I would try to do that as, as well. And I just found, I just like, I just, it was like, a, it put me in a state of powerlessness of like knowing that there's really nothing. I'm just totally out of my control and jurisdiction. There's nothing I can really do in this short amount of time that I'm able to interface with these, with these kids to help them. And so I ended up, I ended up working I ended up working in the access center of this place and, and I would just I would work with all people on all spectrums, but I just remember one day I was just so frustrated and I was trying to figure out like is there anything any of us can do to help people that are struggling with mental health? Like it felt like I was surrounded by a team of people that all had the like champions, straight up champions. I was working with people that were like so good at what they did and they cared so deeply and I still felt it wasn't enough and I was like I don't know I I really don't know what what could be done to help somebody be brought out of suicidal tendencies is there anything I, I I it was 
So I'm in the so I'm in the access center with my coworkers, and it was like I was just mulling over this, trying to figure out like what, if anything, because you know there's like Carl Rogers, Carl Jung, there's there's Viktor Frankl, there's all these moda- modalities of psychotherapy and psychology that I was learning about and and experiencing, and 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 I, I felt like they didn't even they didn't have it would take a massive amount of time, energy, and persistence that the mental health field did not have the ability to provide, or at least the place I was at. And also like that the clients, that their families or themselves couldn't really even afford to get that level of hand-on-hand daily interaction and, and continued support. Like I just, it seemed insurmountable. And I was frustrated and I had an idea. And... um I had a question, really, and it's going to sound abstract, <clears throat> and it's going to sound weird, and it's the stuff of Twilight Zone or Black Mirror, but it was, I wanted to know, and it's, it's a weird thought, and it's only, it could only be explored in fiction, and I want to say this as a preface to what we're about to read or listen to, but something like this can only be explored in fiction, because all, all the rules are being broken here. And it is not, I don't know if it's morally or ethically sound uh, what this story implies. You know, that's, that's, I think that's why we have shows like The Twilight Zone and Black Mirror and Star Trek and Sci-Fi and Sunshine. Great film, by the way, by Danny Boyle, Sunshine. If you have not seen Sunshine, you should go watch it. It's awesome. It's like my favorite future, like, the plot of Sunshine is the shit. So off the rip, like within the first five minutes of the movie, it tells you that the earth is, uh, that the sun is going to explode and that we sent astronauts on a mission to reignite the sun. So it doesn't, so it doesn't explode and burn out. We wanted to reinvigorate it so it doesn't white dwarf or whatever. So we sent a mission out to try and reignite the sun to save to save our species essentially and we and we lost contact with that ship and the movie starts with the second crew that they're sending out there to try and reignite the sun save humanity and it's directed by danny boyle the guy that did train spotting and slumdog millionaire and it's just incredible so quick plug for sunshine but um but yeah so so that's those are the types of you know the realm of fiction is, is a realm in which we can explore some obtuse, abstract, and somewhat morally or ethically um, questionable ideas. And the question that I had that I attempted to answer with this short story is what would happen if, if, what would happen if someone was given the opportunity to kill themselves in a controlled environment. I wanted to know how a human being would respond or how a person would respond. I wanted to know if there was a way to create an inflection point or create a rock bottom for an individual. I wanted to know if there was a way to put a position put a person in a position where they're able to experience firsthand the ramifications of their suicidal or self-harm 
ideations. And, and, and I think it's because, you know, personally, as someone who's, who's, who's been in that space before, that darkness and that depth and, and, and you know, I, and I've been with people and have lost people that have entered that realm and not came back. Part of me wanted to, I guess what I was interested in, what I learned from my own experiences is, is, and what I seem to see in the experience of others is it takes what it takes. And sometimes we do not know what we say and we don't understand the full scope of what, it, what, what's, what taking one's life actually means, what it feels like, what it looks like. And so I attempted to I attempted to write something. <laughs> I wrote something as a means of exploring that question. And, and as a means of, of, I wanted to see, and the only way that it can be done is through fiction. See what a character would do if they were put in a position, with, with the character with suicidal ideations was put in a position where they could kill themselves. So, <laughs> holy shit. That's, yeah, that's the short story we're about to read. Or you're about to listen to. Uh, from the wave frequencies of whatever, wherever you are. Which is here, which is the only place we'll ever be, is here. But, yeah. So let's go into it. Yeah, I'm doing this because, because uh, I was talking to a friend last night. And we were talking about writing and... She's working on a book and, and I was, uh, you know, I'm, I, ta- I ended up talking about, asking about her process and like my writing and it made me think about all the writing I used to do and, you know, she sent it and she, and, I mean, I sent her this story and she liked it and she wanted to know more about it and I still haven't read it. I, usually when I would, I, I, yeah, I just, I haven't read it. I told her I was going to read it again, but I haven't read it again. And I don't I don't really I haven't really wanted I don't really want to read it again. But the idea of reading it out loud seemed it seemed like fun. You know. Um So yeah. That's why we're here now is is just because I was like, "Yeah, you ain't got shit else to do today." And uh I said I was going to read this thing again. I've said it twice now. So let's go ahead and read it again. This is a short story called The Decision, and it was written in 2016. Going in. I just don't want to live anymore. The patient stared at the therapist, legs crossed softly in his seat. How long have you felt this way? The boy's shoulder shrugged. For as long as I can remember, really. The therapist glanced down at his notepad. July 29th, 2340 A.D. 
patient found in his room with a belt tied around his neck. The patient's parents were informed and now await results from the decision. June 15th, 2340 AD, patient checked into the facility. Earlier in the afternoon, parents found patient in a closet. He was writing a suicide note on his tablet. Before arriving at the facility, patient attempted to drown himself in a bathtub. Patient stated, I was trying to choke my breath out. May 5th, 2340 AD. Patient brought to the facility with visible lacerations across his forearms. Patient stated, Cutting allows me to feel the pain. It allows me to control it. I lose the sadness when I focus on cutting. The therapist looked up from his notepad and eyed the young man inquisitively. How come you've never succeeded? How come you've never killed yourself? The young man's cheeks ran flush. I mean, I've tried. Can't you see that? That's why I'm here, isn't it? The therapist looked down at his notepad and then back up at the boy. It looks like you've tried several times, but it appears you haven't followed through with your intent. It says here that you're sad, depressed even. I'm wondering, how is it that you're not dead? The boy looked away from the therapist and down at his forearm, sharp sketches protruding his skin like cat claws. I don't know. I'm just lucky, I guess. The therapist adjusted himself in his seat and reached an arm into the desk. Yet still you continue to try and you continue to show up at this facility. It makes me wonder, do you really want to die? The boy looked up, locking eyes with the therapist. Yes. The therapist pulled back from his desk and walked towards the boy, leaning forward to place a 9mm handgun on the coffee table. What's that for? The boy adjusted himself, making space on the couch as the therapist sat down beside him. You said you want to die. Here's your chance. The boy looked at the gun and his face dropped, eyes settling on the floor. The therapist reached into his pocket and handed the boy a letter. To the facility at Willow Space Estate, we acknowledge that our son has had repeat visits in regards to the state of his mental health. None of the treatment methods have had an effect on his suicidal ideation. He continues to cut himself and has now attempted to commit suicide for a third time. We write this letter to give permission for an alternate means of treatment. In accordance with the Right to Life Ordinance of year 2132, we give permission for our son to participate in the decision. We love our son. It is with heavy hearts that we allow him to decide for himself what he really wants. When he turned 21, his negligence towards self-care had become apparent. 
He floundered in academics at university and struggled to maintain a sense of balance during his years in trade school. Now, weeks away from being admitted into the society, he continues to struggle. We feel that he should be allowed to make an adult decision before his 30th birthday. We don't want to see him fail, and for that reason, we want him to decide for himself what he really wants. We don't want him to suffer anymore. We dutifully accept the decision that our son will make, and we will continue to be grateful for the society that has allowed for his treatment. With love and respect, Mr. and Mrs. Lundergaard. The young man looked up from the letter, tears glistening in his eyes. So this is it. The therapist eyed the young man and opened his mouth to speak. This isn't about your parents. This isn't about me or our facility. This is about you. You've shown a complete lack of care during our programmed activities. Little to no effort across the board. You seem completely unable to try something that would challenge and eventually reroute your suicidal ideation. None of our efforts have been matched And now you have to make a choice. The society can no longer afford to help you. The therapist slid the gun towards the young man. The boy eyed the pistol and glanced around the room. Cream-colored walls surrounded him and a small porthole blinked light sporadically from the hallway. He stared at the light and imagined what death would feel like. He contemplated his life reliving memories, searching for something that reminded him of happiness. He imagined his future and saw nothing. The young man put the gun up to his temple and turned to face the therapist. I don't don't know if I can do it. The therapist stared at the young man and nodded empathetically. The boy began to shake. His eyes watered and he stood up to walk around the room. He went towards the door and peered out the porthole. Beyond the glass stood an elevator with a full array of blinking multicolored buttons. The young man turned from the porthole and stared at the cream-colored walls ahead of him. He lifted the gun to his temple and pulled the trigger. Click. The therapist reeled back as the patient fell to the floor. The boy grunted and shoved the 9mm underneath his chin. Click, click, click. The boy squeezed the trigger repeatedly, the pistol misfiring after every pull. The therapist stood from the couch, walked towards the porthole, and touched a pad. A doorway slid open and he stepped into the elevator. He pressed a blinking button and turned around to face the patient. The door closed, muffling the boy's cries as the elevator began to ascend. The young man slowly stood up, alone in the room with cream-colored walls. An intercom crackled. Please sit. The boy slouched to the couch and sat down. An image appeared in front of him, and a film began to play. The decision has been preparing our youth for centuries. 
Since its inception, those who have participated in the experiment have gone on to lead as prominent figures in many fields, including psychology, philosophy, anthropology, and artistry. Graduates of the decision have been afforded a special place within the society. As a recent graduate, you have answered the call to action. You have made the choice to end all choices and must now accept the burden of your life. It is no longer yours. You have been selected to begin apprenticeship and will not be allowed into the society. Instead, you will begin the Ancestry of Artistry program. There are things you can do, tactics you can take to combat the intrusiveness of your suicidal thoughts, but they will never leave you. There will be moments of compounding pain, times when the burden of your thoughts, your emotions, will be too much to bear. Stuck between the stagnancy of a life worth living and the decrepit deceit of your own mind, an all-encompassing emotional angst, the ridges of death beckoning you towards infinite darkness. You're wired differently, and as such, you must equip yourself differently. Now, the journey towards realizing your life now the journey towards realizing your life task can begin, and we welcome you to the next phase of your development. An opportunity to combat your natural regression and provide our culture with the fruits of your labor. You will learn to act out on your emotional impulses, find what you love, and birth it into the world. The film stopped. The the boy leaned back on the couch and looked at the pistol lying on the floor. He stood up and walked towards the gun, bending over to pick it up as the porthole slid open. The therapist stood in the elevator, beckoning the young man to approach. The boy took a step backwards, pressed the pistol against his temple, and pulled the trigger. Bam! Blood splattered the cream-colored walls, and his body slumped to the floor. To Mr. and Mrs. Lundergaard, we regret to inform you that your son will not be entering the society or our ancestry of artistry program. During the decision, your son was offered a place in the artist community to live, work, and learn how to best translate his unique perspective for benefit of the society. Generally, the experiment has proven to shock a person into a state of awareness The influx of emotion when confronted with death sparks a mind to break free from genetic disability. Your son proved to be different. We expected him to accept the call to action and begin his training at the artist colony. In most cases, we use use emotional momentum from the decision to ignite a change of attitude for the emotionally challenged. Most of our graduates learn to embrace their weaknesses, implementing them into a realm of expressive self-discovery. It is rare that a person makes the final choice. The boundaries set within our VR program make it difficult for a subject to follow through with a final act of suicide. In our research, we discovered that the shock of immediate death is enough to change the trajectory of a person's neurobiological impulses. It is extremely rare that a subject follows through with their intent to end themselves.
During the simulation, your son followed through with his suicide. He killed himself. Now, we regret to inform you that you will no longer be able to communicate or see your son for the extended future. Your son has to believe he can start over. You will no longer be able to contact him and his life will begin anew, free from the bounds of parental or environmental influences. He is starting a new life for himself, a life that will be created at his own discretion. We will maintain an environment of interest immersion as he begins his journey towards self-mastery. In the future, he will re-emerge into the society, but not as a citizen. He will reintegrate as a leader. His attitudes, his actions, and his beliefs will have changed, but he will forever be your son. The society commends you for producing such a valuable asset, and we are excited to see the work your son produces. We look forward to reintroducing him. And continued growth for discovery, Dr. Eric Von Wheeler, Chief Psychiatrist and Virtual Reality Consultant at the facility at Willow Space Estate. Wake up. It's time to start. Sunlight. The boy's eyes opened and he glanced around the room. Vibrant tapestries covered the walls. A desk with a monitor and a keyboard sat at the side of the room and a touchpad blinked softly next to a doorway. In front of the doorway was a woman. She smiled and motioned him towards her. The program is at your discretion. The boy sat up and looked down at his arm. No scratch marks or cuts. He lifted his hand to the side of his head and felt for the hole where the bullet had entered. He felt the coarseness of his hair, the smooth of his skin. What happened? Am I dead? The lady smiled. In a sense, yes. Behind the woman, light from the hallway began to shape and bend. First a beach, then an amphitheater packed with people, followed quickly by a mountain with a snaking path amidst a forest of snow. Come, let me show you around. The young man stood up and walked towards the woman. She put her arm around him and stepped into the hallway. What would you like to do? The hallway faded out and blended into darkness. Pincushions of light appeared as the room expanded into a cosmic view of the universe. Galaxies, stars, and planets shone brightly all around them. The boy looked back for the doorway and saw a space station. Shuttles moving in perpetual motion as they docked and disengaged. The boy tensed his muscles and willed his body towards the station. Together they flew. And for the first time in a long time, the boy smiled.
Sometimes friends are mean. Present company, expect it. Present company, just laugh it off. It's better than it seems. Present 